0: Uh, okay. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, to, welcome to, to Cannabis Live. Radio Live. I welcome think I think
1: we just tripped right into that, right George? <laughs> no, 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 that was on purpose. I'm sure of that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey everybody, uh it is Tuesday and you are watching and listening to Cannabis Radio Live. Uh I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh of course, joining me as always is my co-host, my compadre, my guy in the right seat. Maybe I'm in the left. I don't know. Brasco, Brasco on the radio. Again, What's going on, on the buddy?
1: So the old thing. Look, can we just jump into something real quick before Go we got ahead. on? Go ahead. I know this is supposed to be a big deal. Snoop Dogg. All right. The that Super Bowl. Oh, are we going to talk about happened. him right now? <laughs> yes. Yes. Look. Okay. It was a good show, by the way. I thought everybody came out there. Nobody fumbled around. And obviously, you know, now people are going to start listening to. Drain Snoop Dogg of live Records all over again. They're gonna start filling up their playlists. That's great. Well, the funny thing is, but, right? Like, like yeah, we grew up on all
0: that. Right? Like that was that was, you know, I mean, all these millennials, maybe they had to choke that down.
1: But I I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I used to DJ this all that music back in the day. I had yeah. all the records and the CDs I had them all. So, but people still I mean, it's still kind of timeless. And that's the problem where, like, you know. You look at what hip hop looks like today and the, the mumble rapping, which, of course, like a Snoop Dogg has always complained about, like, you know, and some of it's just not that good. And I, I don't think I'm trying to act like I'm older. It's just it's just not. <laughs> there are some good rappers out there, but not to the level of this. It's like, you know, they came from a different heyday. And you know what Snoop Dogg used to do back then? It's what he does now. He's, he lights one up before he gets on stage. And The New York Post wants to go and talk about oh, he does it before you know what kind of crowd he's going after. The sanctimonious religious types are like, Oh my god, he smoked! It's like grief or madness. Can we stop but this? This is who he is. This is absolutely who he is. First off, okay,
0: I, I've seen the video, I've seen the video a couple of times. And if you're paying attention, this is up in the like the coaches' area, right? They yeah. had a someone up there, they, they had a feed that was showing Snoop on one of those monitors inside that coach, coach coaches area. And so somebody with their cell phone just shot, you know, what they were watching Snoop do, which was smoke a doobie backstage. Okay. First and foremost, this is what Snoop is known for, right? Nobody can deny that he does this. This is who he is, right? He has been known to smoke a doobie in the white house, They're going to make an issue of him smoking a doobie in California where it is recreationally legal. The New York Post, in my opinion, they're chasing something that just like isn't. It's not a story, right? It's really not. I'm sure Snoop's,
1: you know. You know what's funny too? I remember watching what was a documentary on Soul Train and Snoop Dogg talking about how he was going on there for the first time. You know, the show that Donald Quinlan has built is like, He smoked one before he got on stage too in the green room. It's what he does. Monumental events for him, he's going to do that. That's like it's ceremonial. That's all it is. I mean, you know, let's also let's also call it
0: what it is. This is also an artist that that likes to smoke before
1: he gets on stage. That was his warm up routine. Deal with it, Doctor Dina probably supplied him before he got on stage (laughs) anyway. You know, for all we know.
0: It, it, you know, the fact that they caught that private moment and then, you know, people want to run with that. I mean, it's silly because it's not like he was doing something out of character. If they caught him back there doing a, a line of coke. OK, great. That That's headlines. Right. But he's doing something that was perfectly legal. Right. Like I, I, I um, saw this one article that said, oh, my God, next thing you know, they're going to be calling out you know all the drinkers in the
1: audience because they're drinking alcohol
0: and eating hot dogs
1: you know what it's like the new york post is trying to play their best tmz impression that's all it is if snoop dogg was if tmz showed this story they would go boom 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 and they would show him oh look he's smoking boom 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 and move on that's all they're gonna do it doesn't matter
0: i know by the way if you're watching this if you're tuned in uh, feel free wherever you are. If you want to drop in, uh, some comments, uh, feel free. Uh, if you've got questions, come on. You got, you know, you, you, you think we're full of crap. We want to hear about it. <laughs> We'd love for you to speak up. Please. Exactly. So, so, uh, you know, George, I, I truly think that they're chasing something. I, I did see that somebody said they thought that this was truly something racist, Right for them to do because they, they could have easily talked about how successful the the halftime show was right in the headlines because the story yeah. itself didn't completely focus on snoop smoking backstage right no. it was hey this is what snoop was doing <laughs> oh hey by the way the rest of the show had these artists oh and here's a synopsis of the game right but the headline was all about snoop smoking Right, stupid.
1: stupid. Yeah, this stupid. is why I hate reading the news. Like, <laughs> if, if just to find news, and I got to block through that kind of crap right there, and like skip all that. Like, it, I didn't really pay attention to it until somebody brought it up before we came on. Because I was, I've got better things to worry about than, oh, Snoop Dogg's been doing something he's done for like what forty something years of his life. True. Yeah, whatever. True. Now, now, I mean, before we transition, I, 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 I don't want to run
0: away from. Uh, the interesting thing, this is definitely not in our our little rundown, but I'm going to throw this up here. The um, did you see the commercial with Willie Nelson? Yeah, the Sketchers commercial with Willie Nelson. So, ironically, we all know he was talking about legalized weed, it would you yes. know, but you can't say that during the Super Bowl, right. um, and so. I want to give props to Skechers for doing that 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 commercial because it it gave them the ability to spend the money first on that ad. Secondly, uh, it, the way it was postured, the NFL couldn't say no. Right, right. The NFL couldn't say right. no. Legalize Skechers because God,
1: <laughs> you know, if you're going to legalize comfort, get it done. Right? Can I also shout out the Willie's PR people, Elaine? I'm talking to you. Can we please bring him on Cannabis Radio? We we've been asking long enough. Please, we want to talk to him. We love him. Bring on Let Willie. Him come on, Cannabis Radio. Okay, absolutely. Please. Uh. Okay, George. What do we got? What What's up next? So in the news, a few things that caught my mind. All right. So Bob Hoban, we've had him on as a guest uh, on various shows, and yep, he Hoban mentioned long. how he, the story came out. And this actually just happened earlier this morning. We get the story from Forbes that. Apple secretly joined Amazon in advancing commercial cannabis reform. So, yeah, they're joining the ranks of Amazon, where they're looking for federal reform. They want to get into the cannabis business. Now, the the thing, the thing that you know,
0: you have to look at is all the different companies out there that have just blocked cannabis in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And and God bless, you know, the fact that we're live streaming this and and you know, maybe Facebook will, you know, not clip it. That's, that's the, always a $50,000 question, right? Is, is Twitter, is, is Facebook, is YouTube going to clip us? Because we're just, we're talking about the plant. Uh, Something is legal with, with a law around it in 35 states. um, And these social media companies still have an issue with it. Uh, What Apple did, Apple went and said, uh, if you're, uh licensed under un, uh, under state law in in any state that has a law uh to you know sell or deliver cannabis products well guess what if you have uh an app you can now submit it to the um to the store and and this way uh anybody that's uh using apple uh can download those apps now right they yeah it's it's not a standalone thing anymore and so this is this is beautiful so apple did that without big fanfare without any noise about it ironically um you know some of the others the nfl and what have you like they they're they are being loud if you will when they make a move about it uh so kudos to apple for just making a policy change and not necessarily going out there and tooting their horn uh we'll do that for you so thanks Apple, we appreciate it. Doing a little little workaround right there. That's good stuff. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, other we'll take it. I, oh, go ahead. No, I said we'll we'll take that. We'll take it. Absolutely. IRS official actually made a story in a Marijuana Moment talking about it that medical marijuana is not tax deductible. So when you're getting your taxes done, you can't take your visits to the MMTCs and put it down as a write off.
0: Now, so. If anybody is watching this or listening right now from California uh, who has been a medical patient, feel free to chime in on this. Uh, And don't take this as the gospel, but I'm I'm like 80% sure (laughs) that (laughs) in California, medically, uh, what you spend on your cannabis, you can
1: write off on your state taxes. Oh, and so like it was a question on a C-SPAN show that talked about it, and they asked, "Is there a way for me to deduct cannabis purchases on my Turbo t- Turbo Tax. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Come on. <laughs> well, okay. I want that in there. <laughs> it's a valid <laughs> question, it and you know
0: what? We're not gonna. We won't laugh at. We won't laugh at the audience,
1: but maybe we will
0: a little bit. <laughs> A day will come, a day will come, and maybe you'll be able to write it off, right? Again, uh, I think California had the right idea whether or not, you know, other states follow as they roll, you know, their laws. Again, we've seen states that that the recreational laws end up crushing the medical. So who knows where this is going to shake out in the next few years, but something to keep your eye on. Always looking for a good write-off.
1: A little Amy Winehouse Winehouse character right here. Our day will come and we'll have everything. Never mind. (laughs) Anyway, we're dropping off one by one right now. Thank you. you (laughs) Cannabis testing. A national law review put a story out and talked about do companies need to go ahead and you know, before you get hired on, do they need to be drug tested for cannabis or not? Is it worth it still?
0: Bullshit. (laughs) Excuse me.
1: Sorry. No, there there are certain states and cities that are trying to enact laws in place that will be banning testing for cannabis. New York prohibits all employers right now for testing for THC. Philadelphia enacted a law for 2022. The same thing. Nevada's got the same thing. So if you're working in Vegas, you're working at casinos, you don't have to worry about that. So you're seeing a little change to it. Look, honestly, this
0: is an archaic law with respect to testing uh, you know testing people for for cannabis use especially in states where it's recreational like you know i'm sorry I, I again i'll go back to the argument are we testing people for alcohol are we testing them for opiate right like right please enough with this yeah, swear we're, that
1: enough money first. to the lab cores and quest diagnostics they get like you know free money off of the drug testing for this kind uh, of it, yeah mm-hmm. And well, now only people making money off of it, they they care about this. Is, That's why. right, is
0: the testing labs, of course.
1: Okay, the other thing I saw was there was this uh psychiatric article uh investigating the skunk smell and other emissions caused by cannabis production. University of British Columbia put this together. So, why what causes the skunky odor emitted by cannabis production facilities? And what do the emissions mean for air quality? So the Greenpeace crowd wants to say, "Well, there's something wrong with the smoke that's coming out of these cannabis facilities." I don't know what they're talking about. What what smoke's coming out of there? It? It's not like we're uh, okay. So it's, it's sugar cane or something like that. So it's not it's not smoke.
0: Uh, they, I I don't know what people are talking about. Smoke does not come out of cannabis growing facilities. I happen to know this. Um, I, I would tell you. Um, what they're likely talking about is just the smell. Right. And the smell can hit you in the face. Like, you know, like a, like you cut it in the air. Right. Right. It is, it is thick. Um, And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cultivations do what they can, uh, you know, to, to help with that, you know, with some type of, um, you know, f- uh, filter and, you know, uh, remediating in the air because it is bad. It is, is truly bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think at, at some point, though, you know, guys that put up, you know, cultivations and what have you, they, they you know, you shouldn't do this right dead in, in the middle of a community. Um, you know, I, I, Brandy and I, uh, we have a stake in a cultivation. It literally sits – 45 minutes, um, depending upon traffic, to an hour south of Phoenix uh, and probably 40 minutes. It's about halfway between Tucson and right out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) because then people, you know, you're not getting complaints, you know, about smell. You know, maybe it's other industrial park people, but, you know, the smell can be an issue. What, George, right down here, uh, Leaf had an issue Right off the, uh, I, I'm not sure which freeway it was, but you could see, you know, ro- uh, you know cars passing, passing by. And, and um, protesters had mounted signs oh. right there by their fence um, because the smell is, it was pretty strong. Um, yeah. And they tried to get with Cureleaf about it. And I'm not sure ultimately where that went. I like the guys at Cureleaf uh not a diss against Cureleaf just just oh, merely no. an example but it happens right and um it's all it's just all about location
1: but it does happen yeah i mean it's like it's not like it's greenhouse or like just some like oh like if if you know they, they talk about in the story about how it's, livestock even has if their it's own in a greenhouse where if, it's, if cows uh, and chickens are farting or something like that and that's like an issue oh something. my
0: god yeah the cows farting thing, i mean People need a life. They, they need a life. They need to qu- quit worrying about crap like this. Uh, I I understand it if your kids can't go outside and play or ride their bikes because it is, you know, it, it's nothing but the aroma of weed hitting you in the face.
1: Um, but it's not like that everywhere, right? Can I, so, I just take one little quote from the story that just is hilarious? To date, cannabis smell has been linked to two classes of chemicals that are terpenes and volatile sulfurous compounds, which are volatile organic compounds. However, we do not really know which type contributes more to the odors and a better understanding would help <laughs> odorous emissions uh, be handled more effectively. So they, it's like I can imagine these, these students and these professors are like they're trying to smell the cannabis and they're having to go through like, OK, how does it smell towards crap? Or how does it smell towards this? Like they have to like smell testing all this right here to make their determination. Well, their, well, their, I mean, listen, they're
0: findings. they're they're not right about the, the the terpenoid profiles and whatever. Like that that is what makes it all stand out in your nostrils. Yes. And so, you you know, look when they make vape carts, right? Right here, ta da! Yeah, get it out of focus here. So the little liquid right in there, right? That's distillate, right? When they yep. extract that, and this this is THC distillate. So when they extract this, right, you you get this fluid, right? That's just this little liquid in there. It does not smell like cannabis. They go and take the flavors and and what have you, and they put that back in with the terpenes. And so, um it you know it depends. It, you're gonna get smells when you're growing it, and then when you're consuming it. So. Either way, it's you got to deal with it. I, I would say these, right? Like you're not you're not smelling anything right. uh, when somebody is consuming this. Uh, but you know, look, people have gone through this with cigarettes. Uh, I think when our society kind of comes to an agreement on consumption, you know, where everybody can be okay with consumption, you know, in one way, shape, form, or fashion. Great. We move forward. But until then, people are going to use the smells as an argument. Uh, I'm a I'm a non-cigarette smoker. Can't stand the smell. Right. I use it
1: as an argument. (laughs) Can you please take that outside? It's the same thing. You know, it's no difference with cannabis. But no, the carnicle was meant to be basically a hit piece to say, oh, well, we need to start controlling environmental variables. We need to start getting inside the growth. We need more information. So, yeah, charge more to go ahead and more compliance. And create issues where it's like these triggered, coddled students are in here. Well, we need to go and take care of this problem. We're we're easily offended. This is a microaggression. That's what it is. Go <laughs> find a safe space, okay? <laughs> you bunch of you bunch of entitled millennial, um, entitled Gen Z millennials, okay? Whiners. Seriously. Thank you. True that. All right, let's do it. Let's uh get into the feature, the spotlight, if you will. Our feature. Um, yeah. There was an op-ed that came out, marijuana moment. I liked it. It just gives me a chance to thump away at at corporate because when these big companies come in, you know, we we talk, we can talk all about you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. We can talk about where we want companies to have second uh, opportunity zones and second chances, and people that have been disenfranchised to have an opportunity to be in the business and grow within. But then you have monopolies out there. So, like in the story here, they say instead of relying on profiteers. We can stick with the roots of our movement. This is the, the activist message that's being put in this story. The moment calls for a united effort to preemptively crack down on national cannabis monopolies. And so to further entrenching oligopoly-like markets where consumers complain of high prices, we can put consumers, patients, workers, and small businesses first. We don't need to start from scratch. Regulation may be relatively new, but itself, the regulation isn't. Neither are antitrust laws that lead to more competition, better wages and innovation when regulators have actively enforced the laws like in oil and railroads, they've been able to rein in corporate excesses. They think the same thing needs to happen here with cannabis to break down, like they're going to like want to break down the big companies, but there's kind of a reason for it. Yeah. Listen, so this is,
0: this is the argument today about monopolies, right? Like, um, The whole cannabis community got up in arms uh, when big business started to come in and, um, you know, come and fund uh, initiatives and what have you. Uh, They didn't want big business in it, right? This was the old hippie mom and pop, uh, you know, home-baked kind of uh, grassroots movement that for since when the the uh, mid to late 30s, 40s, nothing has moved forward with respect to policy. Nothing. The free the weed movement, uh, peace, brother. None of that shit did it. None of it did it. What did it was big business. Yep. And big business enabled policies to get changed so that people can have access, uh, and not go to jail. So I, I, you know, I, I, I sit on the fence because I do understand the need for mom and pop to be in this business, right? right? There should, they should be, but Jesus, God! The, like the the constant arguments about the you know the money coming to the t- money has made it happen. So I I, I guess it, it just kind of
1: I, it's a love know, hate relationship. Because honestly, it, it is a love hate property, relationship. But we don't want to we we don't want them to shut everybody else out. I, I and I put a story in, into what we were talking about because there was a Rutgers University. They put they have a Center of yeah. Alcohol and Substance Use Studies. This was fascinating because they put out a research paper. And they described there were six MSOs. I'm not gonna mention them all, but they're very familiar, that they have a combined market cap of more than 10 billion dollars. They're using academic research for their marketing strategies. Yep. Yeah. So you want to get research done to prove that what you're selling is is compliant, it's compliant, it's good, it's safe, it's effective. So they conclude that medical cannabis companies use associations with academia and academic research implying that products are safe and effective before claims are confirmed. And they're saying in a story here that it could mislead patients, policymakers and the public into believing unconfirmed claims. Okay. So what about <laughs> the media? Excuse me. Stop
0: it. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is this is absurd. First off, right I I I would like to applaud these companies. I want to yeah. applaud them, right? Because here's the deal. They're not allowed to go market cannabis. You can't do it. Um, you know, one way that you market isn't traditional marketing, right? It's education. It truly is. <clears throat> it is absolutely educated. This is what cannabis radio is. Uh, right. you know, we, we create content that educates people. Um, when you consider the fact that it is illegal for these companies to go out and, and market tr- like a traditional company does, and if you refer to some of these other stories uh, earlier in this stream where you know, all the big social media giants you know, uh, keep these companies from being able to market, what's, wh- what's left, right? From a marketing perspective? The honest, responsible thing to educate the consumer, right? Yeah. Not, not sling uh, ads at them, but to educate them. Not necessarily anecdotally, because everybody has said for how many years? Anecdotal evidence, doesn't blah. blah, blah, blah. Okay, then. So what are you going to use? You're going to use (laughs) qualitative and quantitative uh, information derived from studies so that you can talk about the product that's on your shelves in a way that educates a consumer that doesn't necessarily sit there and sell them, but it teaches them about the plant, particularly from the study pr- studies perspective. So I don't have a problem with it. Again, I kind of feel like that's, you know, maybe
1: Rutgers doing their own hit piece. It is a hit piece. I mean, the why would they put that at the end of saying that the practice may mislead? So you're going to just basically shut down the other academic, other schools like you that are doing the the right thing and at least working on this. And look, these companies are willing to put their money where their mouth is. They're doing it's a marketing ploy for them, so it's a it's a necessary investment. But it's a necessary investment because how else are you going to get this information to all these other people and? I'm sorry. I'm going to trust academia over some media source that says something to me these days. I don't trust what they say at right, all. Right. Right. Yeah. You, if, gonna, you know what? You can buy off some kind of research or whatever that can say whatever they want about you know some story, but I'm not going to listen to it. I don't need to. Because well, and, I'd rather and, listen and to the experts. They are experts here. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Isn't that what we learn to do in the? Supposed to. Yeah. Supposed
0: to. And, and look, ultimately. I, I, you're not going to get away from this type of of practice because uh, it's not an irresponsible thing to take information garnered from scientific research and to provide that to someone to make an educated decision. Yep. Color me if I'm wrong here. I just you know kind of feel like that should be the way it works, right? If we have the information, we can make that educated decision. Without the information, we're in a vacuum. So again, kudos to the MSOs
1: for keeping it real. Exactly. Well, we're only got a few minutes left. Yep. Uh we should go and go ahead and let people know what we're doing at Cannabis Radio and what shows are uh up on the on the website that you want to go and take a look at and listen to for yourself. And I believe uh, we which We've way. got okay. yeah. Tito Ortiz, the Huntington Beach bad boy, who also <laughs> was the former mayor pro tempore of Huntington Beach. Let me just put it like this: him and Latham got on, went on, and they had a great talk. But I will say this: you know, Tito Ortiz is not afraid to say that he is uh, a loyal Trump supporter. He definitely is conservative he really is politically he's conservative-minded family-minded and he's not afraid to say it he definitely did not hold anything back in the interview interesting so So there's one side of the spectrum the other side is diversity equity inclusion with mike lamudo nci's cannabis industry voice there we go which you know they have their own committee and mike runs that committee and they talk about some of the things they're doing to help further the cause.
0: And uh, by the way, just uh, another side note, uh, a big congratulations to Latham Woodward, uh, host of Dazed and Infused, that Tito Ortiz episode will be his 100th episode with Cannabis Radio. So big congratulations there. That's a big mile marker to hit. So we, we appreciate Latham and all the, the amazing work he's done on Dazed and Infused. And folks, if you enjoy uh, Cannabis Radio, make sure that you um, like your favorite show, follow your favorite show host, share uh, some of the great favorite uh, content that they produce. Um, let the world know that you enjoy it. What's up? Steve, uh, Stephen Wisniewski. David Steven Wisniewski. Howdy. Big Dave what's going on buddy uh so make sure that you share that with uh with any of your friends and invite them to come back every Tuesday three
1: o'clock Eastern right Brasco yeah hey you <laughs> can always go and cut some of the uh the fodder between us where we're kind of just you know on our soap boxes you can <laughs> jump on yours happy you to go. do that folks that's going to do it for another cannabis
0: radio live right here wherever you're you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, you're watching on Facebook, uh, make sure that you follow that. Press that little notification thing so that you can get notified every time that we go live. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week right here for another Cannabis Radio Live. See you later, George.
1: See ya.